angels and demons, mythology and religion, heroes and monsters. These are the stories we create, the beings we fear and yet long to be. My name is Raven Burns Kushner, Wiccan artist and life coach. On this channel, I analyze our stories, gleaning the spiritual principles that help us live more successfully. I explore the darkness and the light, as both are important. And don't be afraid, unless of course that excites you. <laughs> All right, well, I am super excited to talk about Anne Rice's The Vampire Lestat. It took me a while to finish it, but I finally did, and I'm super excited to talk about it. But before I get into that, I wanted to give some good news. So four of my paintings made it into my local juried art show here uh, for Houston. And so I'm really excited about that because two of them are from the Dark Gift series. Um, I, Immortal Beloved is one of the ones that made it. Um, Infatuation, which I'm really proud of, also made it. And then two others that I had done previously, Guardian Angels made it and Midlife Makeover made it. So I'll put those on the screen and provide a link also in the description. So wish me luck, that show is in June. All right, well, let's get into the book. So I am super new to the Anne Rice universe. My first exposure to her or any of the stories was the AMC series, um, Interview with the Vampire. So I totally came in completely blank. I hadn't even seen the movie. I thought I had, but I watched it later on and realized I hadn't seen it the whole way through. So brand spanking news. So all of my impressions are from that lens from somebody who has no background and but who's just fallen in love with these characters. Um, and I'm not a purist. So even though so people tend to be most attached to whichever one they saw first. So if you read the book first, which most people do, then some people are mad because they make changes, which is inevitable. I love all art, so I don't care. Obviously, if you have a different medium, you have to make changes, so I understand that. So that doesn't bother me at all. Um, all that matters is character development and story. Um, but I did wanna talk about what my impressions are now that I've read the book because I have a fuller picture of who these people are in the world, but I also have so many questions and I'm a little confused. <laughs> so people in the comments really helped me out along the way when I was doing my initial reviews of the series and giving my takes on the characters because I was coming in blank. So initially um, from reading Interview with a Vampire, and not being exposed to Armand, for example, um, except that last piece of the final episode in the series. So I have no, no idea who Armand was other than that he's some sort of vampire. And honestly, I was kind of happy for Louis. I was like, well, you know, we love Lestat, but Lestat is, you know, super toxic, super narcissistic. And if Louis has a chance to start over with somebody that really loves him, I mean, good for him, right? 
Yeah, but now that I've read the book, um, I see what people are saying about Armand. Because when I read Interview with the Vampire, I still didn't think Armand was that bad. I mean, Louis calls him out on his coldness, but I figured, I mean, an old vampire wouldn't be romanticized. I mean, you wouldn't make it for hundreds of years if you had a naive notion like, like Louis did. So it didn't bother me too much. And I felt like Louis' um, refusal to just break up with Armand, but just his sort of, I'm just going to treat him like crap until he goes away. I thought that was super callous. Now, however, I don't know what Louis' intentions were in doing that, but I think that was a really smart thing to do considering how extraordinarily vindictive Armand is. I think that just letting him leave is probably the best way to actually get rid of him as opposed to anything else that he might have done. A frank conversation probably wouldn't have worked <laughs> on Armand. He's not really that type, apparently. Um, but now that I have a fuller picture of Armand, I see that the danger Louis is in if they stay true to his character. Um, and what sealed it for me, because I was still on the fence, because even Lestat kind of likes, or really likes Armand, and, and even considered letting him join up with he and his mom. But he realized, Lestat realized that if I let Armand join us, he's gonna eventually be disappointed in us. And I don't wanna feel the wrath of his disappointment. It's, we're not gonna make it through that. So let's just part now as friends, quote unquote, and leave it at that. Armand apparently had, didn't see it the same way. <laughs> so as much as Lestat did for him, he still felt the need to take revenge on him when Lestat was at his low moment and he came to Armand for, for help. And I mean, I was devastated. I mean, for Lestat to, to ask anyone for help is a big deal. And coming to Armand, expecting that maybe Armand would be somewhat grateful for the fact that he did set him up in a new life. Yes, he took his old one, but like he didn't really have any choice. They came after him, so he wasn't going to just let them do that, right? So in any case, Armand felt justified in the revenge that he took on Lestat and then had the nerve to show up later <laughs> asking for a favor, asking, no, it's too late. Wow. Um, so yeah. That vindictiveness, I can see why Armand is going to be a problem. And I do understand why he's attracted to Louis in the series and in the book. I mean, Louis, everyone's attracted to Louis because he's got this quiet, gentlemanly, sweet, you know, pensive, depressed <laughs> side of him. And it's kind of funny that narcissists like, like Lestat and like depressive people like Louis are in some way attractive because it's like, I, they're, they're attractive to people that want to save and rescue and nurture people. And it's interesting that they found each other because they're like the perfect codependent pair. You know, Lestat loves being adored by Louis and being looked up to. And, you know, I think Louis fascinates, or Lestat is fascinated by Louis and his, you know, his ability to, to really think things through and to, you know, he's depressive, you know, but that's also his charm because he's just, he just has that way about him just as Lestat does. And it's funny that, that Louis says that about Lestat in the series, he had a way about him. They really could say that about each other. The introduction of Marius. So I thought he was a really cool character. I felt like Lestat did when it was time for Lestat to go. 
I was like, no, 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 we're not going anywhere. This is great. We've got art. We've got, you know, all this room. We have authority. We were left alone. I mean, I'm with, I was with the stop. I'm like, I'm not going no place. Like, no. He's like, Maris is like, no, you need to go live your life and then come back. It's like, but that's if you're talking about a reasonable person. The stop's not really reasonable and it probably would have been better for him to just stay under Marius's supervision. Because Lestat letting himself loose on the world obviously is, is going to be chaos. So in any case, Marius gave him the boot and I was sad. I was like, man, the two of them, I mean, it's weird because they're not the perfect pair, like the codependent pair, like, like Louis and Lestat that sort of Louis and Lestat have this like Romeo and Juliet, like disastrous, but so intoxicating coupling that you, you're rooting for them, but, but they're also a hot mess. But with Marius and Lestat, you feel like, so Lestat could maybe grow up under Marius's care, you know, like that would have been interesting to see, but also there wouldn't have been much of a story. <laughs> so, so Lestat had to go stir up more trouble before he was ready for Marius. I don't understand though why he didn't call on Marius when he, why, why call on Armand? I mean, I, although I get it. I mean, I get that he felt that, I don't know why, but he thought Armand would be grateful, which is a reasonable, but again, that's, if you're talking about a reasonable person, a reasonable person would have been grateful for all the money and, and stuff that uh, Lestat gave Armand and the fact that they did part as friends, you know, that a normal individual vampire or human would have taken that into consideration, but Armand did not. I'm like, why didn't he just call on Marius? I mean, Marius told him, you can call on me anytime. And you would think if you're, you know, have come back from the dead that, you know, this is a good time <laughs> to call on your, your old boy Marius. But in any case, that didn't happen, but I love me some Marius and I hope we see more of him. Louis. So my impression of Louis hasn't changed. I felt like, I mean, Lestat does call him a liar. And, you know, obviously Louis has a different take on everything that happened. Partially, probably he was butthurt over the whole thing and frustrated. Um, and it was interesting that when Lestat read Louis's book, so the book within the book, so he read Interview with the Vampire, Louis's version, and read it and reread it and reread it and reread it and then tore it to shreds. <laughs> I really kind of related to that. You know, when you get obsessed with something and it's like you can't not delve into it, but it just makes you so mad. So I could kind of relate to him in that. And then his whole, you know, decision to bring everything to a head. So it started off with just, he just wanted to like play this music. He heard this, these rocks, you know, people playing and he wanted to get in on that and, you know, and he wanted to help them. So it was like, oh, I'm going to make you guys successful. But then when he read the book, he's like, mm -mm, we're not just doing success. We have to be mega famous. He put everything, every dime that he had into making this band a success. And it's like, you know, they talk about revenge body, like when you break up with somebody, you know, you get this great body so that they'll look at you and, and be mad that, that they left or whatever. It's like he's he's coming up with this revenge career, like I'm gonna be such a rock star, like Louis is gonna like die when he sees what I've got coming. But it was like triple fold because that was his initial, you know, motivation. But he also has this weird like desire for conflict, you know, like conflict on two fronts. So 
ultimately, he wants this incredible conflict with mortals. It's like, on the one hand, he keeps saying he doesn't fear them, but on the other hand, he thought, if, if he really does expose everything and tells the world that vampires are real and that they should be concerned and they should be scared, and what if they come for us? What if this is it? And he has this like weird doomsday romantic notion of like, they're going to come for all of us and it's going to be, even if it's my last breath, it's going to be glorious. And that's weird. You know, he's got this like gladiator, like sub persona that he just revels in experiences. Like even if they're negative, it's like he just, it's one of those people like similar to adrenaline junkies, like they just want to feel, you know? So there's a confrontation with mortals that he thinks probably won't happen, but he knows it's a possibility. But then there's a second layer of conflict with other vampires, which he knows for, for certain that's going to happen. And it's really interesting to read him talk about it because he talks about it as an inevitability. And he's like, but I'll protect, you know, my humans, you know, meaning the people in the band, I'll protect them as much as I can. But to me, that's a little flimsy. It's like, they don't know that they're going to be in harm's way. They just think, oh, we're going to realize our dreams. And of course, he's not going to tell them. So this is still him doing the same stuff, just doing whatever he wants to do for his own reasons, putting other people at risk just because he just wants to do it. <laughs> so it's like he's very consistent in who he is. And he fascinates everybody that he meets, too, even though he's like a royal pain in the butt. But he's... You know, he's our pain in the butt. <laughs> All right, so the reliable narrator piece is really interesting because we've already seen that Louis' version of the truth is not completely accurate. Um, he, although, I mean, to some extent you understand, I mean, he portrays Lestat as somebody who doesn't know anything, who's not that impressive. Now, not that impressive is a lie. I mean, everybody's impressed by Lestat. I mean, love him or hate him, you can't say that he's not impressive. Um, but portraying him as somebody who doesn't know anything, I mean, he can be forgiven for that part because Lestat wouldn't tell him anything. A, because he promised Marius, but I don't think that's all of it. I mean, he has no problem betraying Marius's, you know, promise when it suits him, right? So keeping all these secrets was also better for him because as long as Claudia and Louis didn't really know anything, in his eyes, he had control over them. And he, as he said, was able to have that relationship, quote unquote, on his own terms, like he does everything. And that's not fair to Claudia nor Louis, and that's why it didn't work, but he's still, that's how he approaches everything. But I don't 100% believe Lestat either. So if we're talking about unreliable narrator, we can't just say, oh, Lestat sets the record straight. Because there were still things that I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't make sense either. So he kind of portrays himself as not as sadistic as Louis said. So he's like, oh, unbeknownst to Louis, all these people that I kill, they actually had it coming. And I think, now I don't know, but I think that's a weird thing to keep from somebody. So basically Louis and Lestat were on the same page regarding we don't want to just kill innocent people. We only want to kill people deserving. And so in the series, when, when Louis proposes this as a compromise and Lestat gives him a really hard time and Louis opts for the animals anyway, but 
you would think there wouldn't even been an argument if this is true that Lestat agrees with, with Louis that no, we don't want to just kill random people that don't deserve it. So was he pretending to be so sadistic to impress Louis or to irritate Louis? Or is he lying now? And he was that sadistic, but now he doesn't want to come across that way? I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure, but that was an open question for me. Um, secondly, Lestat said, and this is just another example of things that I'm like, I don't know that Lestat is telling the truth either, because when Lestat is recounting his rise from the dead, if you were, if you would, from the swamp. So when Claudia and Louis kill him and he's dumped in the swamp, you know, and he makes his way out of there like Jesus on the third day, you know, coming up out of there and coming to get them, he says, I just wanted to talk. Did you want to just talk though? Because why was old boy there? His like, I guess the equivalent of Antoinette in the series, he has his student or whoever this boy was that he made into a vampire betraying Louis in the same way, you know, making this other vampire. At first he was just a boy asking about where's Lestat, where's Lestat. And then clearly he'd been made into a vampire. So it's like, okay, if you just came to talk and you didn't come to get your revenge, why did you bring this, this character? <laughs> right? So I think he's doing what we all do, which is smoothing over the past to make ourselves look good. I don't, for a minute believe he's telling 100% the truth either, but I will say that he's more truthful in general, I think, in this book. I think that he's really straightforward and if anything, he's just, his, his flaws are not so much lying as he's just so impetuous and so, such a bundle of emotion that he just cannot be contained, you know, like by anybody. And he's so desperate, you know, for companionship, but then he can only do things on his own terms. So it makes it very hard to have a companion if you're selfish, right? Like those two things don't go together. Um, but I will say I was so touched and so like happy to see Louis and Lestat come together. Now, you would think after everything I've said about them that I wouldn't care, but I'm a romantic at heart and I was so happy <laughs> that they saw each other again. And I really related to the part where Lestat says, um, well, he sees Louis, uh, finally, he notices that it's Louis that's coming to, come to his place where he's staying in San Francisco to see him. And he's got all these things that he thought he was gonna say, angry or sarcastic things. And like when he sees Louis, it's like they just hold each other. <laughs> I just love that because that's just how it is, you know, like you have all these reasons to be angry with somebody and to you're going to say this and you're going to say that. But when you see them, it's like all that stuff just melts away. And like what's real is that love. So I was so happy to see that, especially because we're in this drought wait, waiting for the series to come back. <laughs> Like, and now they've gotten rid of Claudia, which I haven't even brought up because it's very devastating that the actress that played Claudia in the series is not coming back. This is horrifying. I'm still going to watch, of course, and, and hope for the best, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's not great. So to have this little dollop of happiness to see Louis and Lestat hold each other and, and talk and be together for this ridiculous rock concert, <laughs> whatever, where he's put everyone, including Louis in danger. Um, you know, that, that was very satisfying. So 
it was so short-lived though like i'm so happy i'm like okay like what's next like is is like maybe the mom like gabrielle is she going to stay and like because she comes and goes but maybe she's gonna like you know be around more and like maybe louis gonna move in with him and like maybe we're gonna be happily ever after like i'm such a dork like i just love it um but then you get a short brief celebration of that and the next thing you know akasha the statue lady is like in his like coffin and like holding him and you're like but i thought it was gonna be louis lestat like he's gonna start dating the statue lady now like what and that's the end so i mean Anne rice is a genius because it's like okay now i have to like i was gonna stop <laughs> like i'm like that's enough i'll wait for this series to come back and then read some more but now I'm an addict, I, I need help, and I'm gonna read the next book because I have issues and I have dependency issues on this book. I have to know what happens. I have to know if he starts dating the statue lady and or what's gonna happen. And I have to know if, if Louis is going to be around or what, like they're trying to torture me to death. So anyway, I will update that. <laughs> as soon as I finish reading the book. I haven't bought it yet, so it's gonna be a while. But if you have any comments to help me out, don't like super spoil it for me, but like the comments that people put before were really helping me because when I was like saying good things about Armand, like people in the comments were like, mm-mm, no. <laughs> like Armand is so much worse than Lestat and I was skeptical, but I agree 100%. So. Give me your comments. Let me know how you felt about the books. Um, it's so fun talking about this stuff and I look forward to talking about the next one. So until then, love yourself and love yourself well. Have a great day and a great week. Bye-bye. So that's all I have for you today. I hope you did enjoy today's discussion. Visit paintselflove.com to book a coaching appointment or to buy some inspirational art. Until next time, love yourself and love yourself well. Blessed be.